I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. I just want to apologize to my mom and to Phil's mom and to Natalie's mom. My name is David Luzader, and I asked them to come on this nostalgia trip with me, and I never expected what we'd find out here. Oh, God. <laughs> this has hit me one more time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? Joining me today, Nick Shermooksness is, I don't know, maybe dead in a ditch somewhere, but we don't care because we got Phil Rude. Phil, hello. Oh, this is where I jump in. I'm yeah. sorry. I threw the show notes in the river. They weren't doing us any good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not dealing with them anymore. You know, I can't say that I blame you. Uh, hopefully, though, that doesn't throw off our, our guest here too much. She seems pretty savvy. I think she'll be able to guide us out. It is Natalie of Stoned and Social. Natalie, hello. Hello. What's up? My notes, unfortunately, did not go down the river, so I'm well prepared. Oh, see? This is why, this is why I wanted you here. Uh, <laughs> now, Natalie, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Thanks and, for having me. Uh, for people who, who might not know, what is, what is Stoned and Social about? Oh, what isn't stoned and social about is more of the question. It is a nifty little podcast where we get stoned and then we get social. And it's more focused on the conscious cannabis use and health and wellness and a lot of goofing off and tons of munchies. It's pretty fun. Well, I have to throw out some notes that I have here because I thought this was about biblical justice. Uh, <laughs> egg on my face there. Uh, no, it that's <laughs> that's that's cool. Uh, people should check that out. Natalie also brought us our topic this week, and it is the Blair Witch Project. In yes. In October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, their footage was found. Those are the words that start this movie, and then we follow the three main characters getting lost in the wood and antagonized by the Blair Witch. We'll get into it. Before we do that, though, this is the part where we talk about our personal histories with the topic. Natalie, you brought this to the show. What is your history with the Blair Witch Project? So I picked this because it's really, it's like, it's super special to me in the sense that I live in Washington, D.C. I grew up here. And this was a pretty freaking big deal when this all started happening. Um, it was the, the, the guerrilla type of marketing that they did was amazing. I had some friends who worked at bars and things, and they were all receiving VHS tapes that were unlabeled in a brown envelope. And it was just footage of these people in the woods crying and screaming for help. So for a while, and even when I went to see the movie, I was convinced this was real. I had, <laughs> I had tried to find the place where it was because it was in our area. So this was really personal to me. And um, I got hoodwinked, basically. <laughs> oh, I'm, so, I'm so glad to, to hear that because I, I want to talk more about that perspective on it and ma me now as a person who didn't see it until this week. Uh, but be before I talk about, I, I have a kind of a fun story to share. But first, I want to hear from you, Phil. What's 
You you love this movie, right? You are a big uh, Blair Witch head. Oh man, I have a I have a sordid history with this movie. Uh, I I was a uh, full blown adult uh, uh, in in calendar years, not in maturity when this <laughs> came out. Um, and I I remember very well the the viral marketing before there was viral marketing. This was sort of there was internet, but there wasn't social media. There was no Snopes to to check and see. There was a lot of rumors about it being real or not real. Uh, there was a lot of hype around this movie. And I think it was one of those cases where the hype machine damaged the movie for me. Uh, it, like, mm. it could never live up to what it was. You don't even see the witch in it. I was so disappointed in this movie uh, the first time I saw it. Uh, that I I kind of just I talked a lot of trash about it. Uh, I was like, what a what a what a joke! I can't believe this thing. And then like I saw it a few years later, and I'm like, it, I think removing it from the where it came out and in the the hype machine surrounding it really helps this movie. Um, because the next time I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty kind of effective horror, like without seeing anything, and I came to have a little more appreciation for it um, uh, the second time around. So it, there's a lot of, I think there's just, I'll always remember like the marketing and and the the big uh, talk around this movie when it came out. This was a, this was a brand new concept. This is really like historically a, a big deal, uh, but I didn't really appreciate it until further, when, until it got removed from that context a little bit. Yeah. So this was like the OG Babadook almost. <laughs> uh, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's a movie that launched launched a genre. I mean, basically Blumhouse exists because this this movie happened. <laughs> yeah, <kind> of, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. that was my thought around it. For me, I had never seen this film. I was um I was 11 when it came out. So it uh for for me, like it, it had the terror of that idea of like it's real because I would hear from like my older siblings about this, but there was no way my parents were going to let me see this, and I was an easily terrified child, so I never saw it. Um, and then growing up, it just never really kind of like crossed my path. Like I, I, d I wasn't actively avoiding it, but I never really actively sought it out. Um, I think there's a little bit about the the time that it came out and everything that kind of was around it that Natalie sort of alluded to. The one thing though, my only real point of reference for the Blair Witch Project is I went to a uh, conservative Christian school and we were not allowed to have dances. So what we had instead were banquets. And really, if you ask me, uh, a banquet is a little bit better because you get food and uh, like <laughs> there's entertainment typically. So there's less expectation, but we have to do that. Now you just have to sit there and eat. I'm down for that. Uh, but one of the things too, is students would make movies that uh, they'd play. And my brother was one of the people that would make these movies. And so they made this movie called the homecoming witch project. Which <laughs> love it. The, if I can find it the next time I go to my mom's house, if it still exists, I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to put it on the internet. Because yes. uh, it is it is my brother and two of his friends, you know, they they play up the same sort of thing. They go and they talk to somebody about the homecoming witch and get the story, <laughs> and then they sneak onto campus at night to to camp. 
And <laughs> a lot of similar things that kind of happen in the movie happen. Uh, my brother did the whole thing of like putting the camera too close to his face. Like way and, up in his face. And, and like, you know, <laughs> picking yeah. his nose and stuff. And <laughs> and at one point, um, this is vividly in my memory, they find a, uh, uh, like they're, they've run out of food, so they're really hungry. They've been at school for like three hours. Uh, <laughs> but he finds his friend like eating something and it's their other friend's arm. That <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, the whole thing ends with them in the music room, which was I think one of the only buildings at the time at the school that had stairs. And there's a, uh, I, I in my mind it was like somebody in black robes coming down the stairs with this big like mascot mascot head on, and that's it. <laughs> yes. Just it just yes. cuts off there. Well, so it already sounds better. I I saw that thing, oh God, so many times growing up. So I've always lived adjacent to Blair Witch Project, but I've never. This is my first time really diving into the pool. Uh, so this was it was kind of fun for me now to see where the parody comes from. Uh, you know, for 20 years, I've wondered what this movie is missing. And a giant mascot head is is exactly it. Now, now that you say that, it, it's crystal clear. Full circle. Yeah, it's it's what the world needs. Before we get into our discussion, though, this is our histories with the topic. Phil, do you mind telling us a little bit more about the world's history with the Blair Witch Project? I do not mind at all, David. Uh, the film students Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez were inspired to make The Blair Witch Project when they realized that they found documentaries on the paranormal scarier than actual horror films. The pair wrote a 35-page screenplay intending all dialogue to be improvised. Oh, good thing that doesn't show at all. <laughs> Joshua Leonard said he was cast because he knew how to operate a camera. The legend of the Blair Witch is not a true myth and was instead created by the filmmakers for the plot. Some of the people that the characters interviewed about the legend were locals, while others were hired actors. But the three leads were unaware that actors had been hired or that the myth was not real to keep their reactions genuine. Originally, the Blair Witch was supposed to briefly appear in the film, but the cameraman forgot to pan to them at the correct time, and the scene was never reshot. Mm -hmm. Marketing for the film played up the idea that the actors were real film students now missing and presumed dead with missing persons flyers and websites made to back the story. The immersive marketing paid off with the film gaining a lot of interest online and going on to gross $248 million on a $500,000 budget. The film was released July 14th, 1999, and two sequels, Book of Shadows and Blair Witch, were released in 2000 and 2016, respectively. I can't tell you how much i love the fact that there was supposed to be a shot of the blair witch that is amazing <laughs> and the person just forgot to move the camera over and this was of course the age before digital so you know yeah. well what makes that so great is that like i was very disappointed that they never showed the witch and it was one of the big complaints i heard from other people who didn't like this movie and it's like to find out that it was supposed to be there, but they just forgot to pan to the yeah. to a character that was in the same room as them. It is just it is just hilarious. Yeah, 
I can, the thing is for, for me, I think this kind of fueled, I was like 14 or 15 when this came out. And so this became like the crutch of my career. I went on to go to school to be a journalist and really liked digging information out of things and people. This is the first thing where I felt like I was actually sleuthing. And so I've actually met the, the guys who wrote Blair Witch Project and gave them- oh, wow. Um, what, what they were like, wow, that's one of the best tongue lashings we've ever gotten. And we, <laughs> we respect everything that you've, that you've said. And they told me a lot about the movie that I didn't know. And so um, that's why I picked this because I have a love hate relationship with it. I have not seen it since 1999. That's the thing. I refuse oh, wow. to watch it because I went to the theater to see it after I'd spent many weeks during the summer trying to find this place in the woods. And in the middle of the movie, when it becomes apparent, like, you're not going to see this witch. I just yelled, like, where is she? <laughs> and um, luckily, my sister worked at the theater, so I didn't get kicked out. But, yeah, yeah. Th this this was a thing for me. Oh, I want to dive deeper into a lot of that. Uh, but real quick, Natalie, since I also went to journalism school, um, how frustrating was Heather's style of interviewing to you now? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the thing is i love you know phil said it a lot of the movie was improv and a lot of the things the pranks and things that happened they actually happened to the actors without their knowledge and so in the middle of the night they would be woken up and sometimes their food would be gone and they would actually be hungry and things like that and so i do love the the genuineness that i think you can see in some of it but mm -hmm. like Heather, Heather, come on. No, I did not go to journalism school and uh, <laughs> Heather drove me insane with, with everything that she did. I'll, yeah. I'll, for the listening audience, I'll put a clip of it in here. But the reason that it drives me crazy is because she doesn't let anybody talk about a subject for more than three seconds. <laughs> Every, anything they say, she's just like, oh, yeah, okay. And what about what? What's this? Huh? What about and what about that? Right. She opened up her shawl. And what was under there? And under it, there was hair on her body, like a So horse. she was hairy from head to toe. Yeah, it's... and her her legs, and her, you could see right. How she about was her a face? female. It's like, no, 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 no. Let them talk. <laughs> and then when you feel like there's a good place to come up with a new question, do that. Uh, She's not a journalist anymore, I can yeah. assure you. I, I also <laughs> love the shot early on that's out of focus for like two minutes. Oh, and yeah. And uh, oh yeah, that one shot that was out it's of focus. It's a long time too, well, where you're just trying to be like, "What's happening here?" When it's when it's out of focus in the woods, whatever. Okay, I can deal with that. But they right. have like a steady shot of this woman in town they're speaking to, and it's entirely out of focus. And I love that there's a scene of them talking about it and complaining about it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, was that actually genuine, or did like this, was that the screenwriters coming together and being like, okay, now you guys have to argue about this? Yeah, we have to fix this out of focus <laughs> thing. I feel like there was a lot of uh, uh, weird fixes for mistakes. Like, like I I feel like they caught the one the one kid gets basically he's on film smoking, and I feel like later on they were like. Oh yeah, they're supposed to be out of cigarettes at this point. We made a big deal about it, so they ADR this line about I found some cigarettes in my bag. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice that. It's yeah. just, it's, it's just the, it's just a super sloppy movie. 
you know. Well, Heather's mom, I you know, from from what I know, thought she was actually going to go film like a snuff film. She was seriously oh, no. worried <laughs> about her because she was going in the woods with these guys and she's the only girl and her mom was like, "What's happening and why can't I know where you're going?" And so her mom was genuinely scared for her and didn't know what she was filming. Her mom, I know, got like sympathy letters from people mm-hmm. during the marketing of the movie. Oh my god, really? Yeah. yeah. People wow. were because people were straight up convinced that they were dead. It was actually on IMDb that like IMDb existed then, and that was one of the like the facts of the movie was the actors are dead and like missing and presumed dead. Uh, but her mom, Heather's mom, was getting letters and stuff from people being like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like that is amazing. Yeah. It's pretty great. (laughs) They wouldn't let them go to the premiere Mm -hmm. of it when it, when it first premiered because they wanted to keep this whole illusion. So there were people who were like, this must be true because if it was a movie and if it wasn't real, these people would be here, but they're not, this is just the found footage of them. And so they, I love the commitment to this. What I, what I'm calling is a prank because I felt like I got, (laughs) I feel I felt like I got pantsed during this. And so I just love the level of commitment from beginning to end with with Blair Witch Project. It kind of is a prank. That's actually a really good way of putting it. Uh, it's like the, an Andy Kaufman kind of prank. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, like this long con, uh, uh, never blink, really commit to it kind of thing. Yeah. It's a Borat thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More contemporary. Thanks. The only other... Um, movie that i know is was kind of like this and they re- received some criticism for for it um is cannibal holocaust mm. uh, but the cannibal holocaust guys i guess they're like there were rumors for a while they were going to sue them but they were like no we don't care <laughs> whatever <laughs> people see cannibal holocaust because they saw blair witch project great like that's more for us yes the, the commitment is interesting though because now as somebody who watched it knowing you know years are removed i i know full well these people aren't dead um i know you know there's been a sequel now that plays on the original ideas of the movie and i can't help but think that its success so much of its success early on is straight up just because it is it was believed to there was all this this mystery around it the mystique are these right. people actually missing? Even if you're like, no, they're not missing. It was 1999. What are you going to do? Drive to their house? Like, you can't you can't prove it. So, like, I imagine there's got to be this voice in the back of your head of, like, are they gone? <laughs> I know this is so dated because I used to have my AIM, my AOL instant messenger, like, away <laughs> message as, like, looking for Blair Witch like (laughs) when I would when I when my friends and I would go to to try and find this because as I said the VHS tapes that got sent to places they some of them had like newspaper articles with them that were like looked like they'd actually been torn from somewhere photocopied and so I went to the website like most people did and I really read everything and the website is complete used to be completely written in the sense that, yes, these kids were missing. We found this film and we're trying to figure out what's going on with them. If you know any information, call this line. And there was a number that you could call um, and leave information about their whereabouts. Like they fantastic. They thought yeah. of everything for this. That's and so that's good. what I love. They thought of everything. Well, you said, it, uh, you know, it's kind of a dated concept. And I, I'll back that up. I was trying to explain this to um, my son... Austin, who's 20, 
this was a year or two ago, who's never lived without the internet. <laughs> he kind of, he knows there was a time before the internet. He just can't quite can't picture. Imagine <laughs> he was, all, he's always kind of like, well, why couldn't people just look up whether or not it was real? And I'm like, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that easy. And this was real viral marketing without, without the internet. There was a lot of mainstream media coverage of this. Uh, there was a lot of odd, like, uh, promotional and um, merch tie-in. Like, there was a soundtrack to this movie with no music in it that was what? supposedly a copy of a cassette from Josh's car. Yeah. Uh, that was like, oh, this was in the tape deck of Josh's car when we found it. And it was just all of these weird little things that were obviously promotional stunts, but people were still going, uh, maybe it's... Right. real right like yeah. it was you couldn't get confirmation one way or the other and to watch my son's mind kind of just <laughs> explode slowly <laughs> come open and to this idea that you really couldn't research and definitively prove something so easily as you can do today yeah uh it it, it really does it really does show the the date and the the kind of age that this movie existed in yeah, there's no way now. I mean, I, I've grown up yeah. with the internet, but I grew up as the internet was kind of really becoming what it is. So I, I remember encyclopedias, and that's when you had, if you needed to know something, when you had to write a paper for school, go and look in the encyclopedia. And yeah, like maybe you can use the internet as a source. I remember when Wikipedia, up through college for me, Wikipedia was still like, eh, go to the source on Wikipedia. Like right. don't just <laughs> don't just cite Wikipedia. Because professors didn't didn't like that. There's no way now, like, the only way for that could happen today is if people are kind of willingly buying in. Like, they're saying, like, I know this is a hoodwink. I know this isn't real. But, yeah, sure, we'll go along with it because it's fun to kind of play in the mythos. Uh, but that's, like, going to be such a, such a smaller group than what you can do, like, with what Natalie's describing, where you can send promotional materials to a bar like that. And, and that's for some people, that's going to be their first exposure to it. And they're going to be yeah. like, that's all they're going to have. They're going to go to their friends and they're going to be like, have you heard about the Blair Witch? Uh, and maybe somebody has seen the website. But that's kind of all you're going to get. Now, if that happened, I would just be like, all right, let me Google it and find 300 pages <laughs> full of information. Right. I think the other thing is as well, you know, being in this area where it was, they had they had done really cool things where they had spray painted trees with the Blair Witch symbol and like some, you know, they defaced signs around the area with that symbol. And so it, it became kind of a like, you didn't want to second guess yourself with what you were seeing. You were like, yeah. I, I trust what I'm seeing. I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. I know I see this. And some things it would be there one week and then it would be gone like the next weekend, it would just be totally gone. And so you'd be like, no, it, it was there. And so I think they also just played, you know, they played up to your own personal curiosity, your love mm -hmm. of curiosity. My sister was 10 years older than me and she had no interest in this whatsoever. And then I tricked her into coming out with us and 
by the end of the day, she was a believer. She was like, this is real. This happened. And we need to find these people. She is such a true crime person. And she was like, we're going to find these kids. We're going to find them. And I was She's like, being yes. led around by a bunch of high school kids <laughs> at that point, being totally duped. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, yes, she's in. We got her. We're definitely going to figure this out. And even up until, like I said, even seeing the movie when it came out, it was still like wide knowledge that, yeah, this movie is based on, this is real, you know? And they were like, it, it might be scary what you see because it's real footage. And so even up until it coming out, people in the theater thought it was real. Yeah. That's, and, and, and I, and you can feel that in the way that it's made. Like if I believe this was real, this would be so much more effective. It's, and there's still are parts of it that are, are fairly effective. The part when they're all in the tent and they're hearing the noises and then yeah. like that something starts hitting on the tent is decently good. That's decently good horror. Uh, same with like when they're exploring the house, but that's like so kind of just right at the end and yeah. kind of, you know, when she sees uh, or when whoever is standing in the corner facing the corner after like, and you remember that mm-hmm. legend that that's what they made the kids do. And it's like, oh, that's good. And then it just kind of ends. And I, in me, having only ever seen the Homecoming Witch Project, uh, believed the camera... <laughs> Because the camera falls, and there's there's sort of a staircase in the background, and I was like, oh, here's where we see the witch, and then no. So like, here's a time when the remake is better than the original people, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think even – so this movie did create a genre. This movie created the found footage genre. Oh, for sure. Genre. Yeah. And when I think about the marketing of, of kind of the next, I would say, biggest hit, which was um, Paranormal Activity. Par- paranormal activity didn't try to play up that it was real but their very effective marketing was showing people's reactions in the theaters to i it. remember mm-hmm. that yeah mm-hmm. and that that worked really well but was, it wasn't the same was cloverfield ahead of oh. paranormal activity mm, yes. no i don't know i'd have to oh. i'd have to google that which um, <laughs> <laughs> i'd have to look it up you know I, what th- I'm not going to for this episode only. This because of what we're doing. We're not going to know. Natalie, sorry. Continue. We're not going to know. (laughs) This has to exist in a time where the internet isn't. We're in 1999 again. You have to go on your GeoCities website and (laughs) uh, and wait for your images to load. (laughs) (laughs) Look at those broken links. Um, The thing with. Okay, again, like I, I'm a huge horror movie fan. I will watch almost any horror. I especially love bad horror movies. And for me, I knew Paranormal Activity was fake, but I loved, I like any kind of perspective shots for films. And so I liked that you were going to be able to watch them while they were sleeping, etc. But there were definitely people, because I saw it opening night, there were people in the theater who I wanted to lean over and be like, hey, we're not in a commercial. Don't worry. We didn't get selected to like film our reactions. You could tell people were like hoping that that was what was happening. They were, they were overreacting to everything going on. I've seen Blair Witch. I know overacting. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you don't say you don't, uh, there's no, there's overacting in this movie. I never, never even noticed. There, uh, I'm split between, I want to say a little bit more about, um, uh, what's the movie Paranormal Activity? Before we get back to to Blair Witch, because yeah. that that was also that one I thought scared me a lot more than this did. But I have to wonder about the context because I saw that in a theater full of people. 
Uh, and there's a little bit more special effects. You know, they you, they they do a little bit better job, I think, of getting you kind of up to the scary thing where Blair Witch takes a long time to kind of like swing by the scary thing so we can kind of yeah yeah, we can kind of wave at it as we drive by (laughs) with paranormal activity like at least like oh you can watch the footsteps being made by the creepy thing and it's like okay that that's pretty good and there's the last shot where she throws his body against the camera and that was terrifying but i have to wonder if i watched it in the same context now uh in my own home during the daytime would that be as effective to me i'm never gonna know you're cheating. You can't watch horror movies during the day. That's cheating. I do <laughs> podcasts about movies. I don't. Have, I don't. Get you you to have to watch it right. You have to watch it under the cover of darkness so that it's even more spooky. I found there's some horror movies that like just freak me. The just they freak me out, and I will make myself watch them during the day. I'm like, see, it's not that scary. It's only scary at night. <laughs> Uh, see now I want to go watch Blair Witch while camping because I think that might yes. actually, no, that might actually yes. make this work. Yeah, that'll freak you out. Uh, but uh, one thing I know is that I won't get lost because <laughs> I'm taking GPS with me. There is <laughs> a line of GPS too. Yeah. yeah, there's a line of Heather's that she said it a few times, cracked me up, where she was like, "It's impossible to get lost in America these <laughs> days." It's very hard to get lost in America these days, and it's even harder to stay lost. So we have that on our side. Yeah. <laughs> Are you crazy? Heather is so sure of everything. I love Heather's totally misplaced confidence in some mm-hmm. things. And just, I'm, I like, again, I haven't seen this movie since 1999, but this is etched in my little brain. Um, stoner that I am, I still remember this. And like, I wanted, I was like, if Blair Witch doesn't get Heather, I'm going to get Heather. <laughs> like, I'm going to get her at the end of this. Like, when, Stoner brain that you had, you still have more sense than Heather. <laughs> she was, oh Thank my you. God, she drove me insane watching her lead these two clowns in a giant circle out in the woods. I'm, Pretty much. Uh, and Pretty just much. so, like you said, misplaced confidence, I think, is the best way to describe her. She's so sure mm-hmm. that she's the leader and she's right. And she, uh, oh my God, she could not have been more wrong at every no. stinking e- turn. Every chance. There's a, they, they would like, have montages of them walking through the woods and it would all be overlaid with her being like it's just up this hill we're gonna find the path just two more hours guys and we're getting back to the car yeah it was like no like at a certain point you were voted off the fucking island heather i'm sorry you don't get to lead us because phil you're right it is oh god i feel so bad now that i've just like had a light bulb moment it is a movie about watching these idiots go in a circle like because uh-huh. they, they do yeah. end back up they're like and they're like oh no yeah, we're, right we're right where back we where we started <laughs> yes Why? for all the uh, the reinvention of horror that this movie did in inventing uh found footage they couldn't shake the horror trope of the girl who does dumb things to her own demise. Like the, it, at the end of the day, it's still the girl who runs upstairs instead of out the front door. It, it, it's still like this, this woman who's her own worst enemy, really. It, uh, and it just drove me straight up a tree. Yeah. And the guys have such strong personalities as annoyed to be there. And, uh, angry to be there i think are kind of the two those are kind of the two they don't really have a that's the thing the cast bless them they don't have range which is something Mm -hmm. i said to them when i met them i was like you know this is this movie's very nostalgic for me but like man you guys were one-dimensional it was a lot of just 
screaming. And they were like, yeah, well, part of it was everyone who was working on the movie was staying out in the woods with us as well. And so sometimes they didn't know the things that they were going to do until they were like, all right, go beat on the side of the tent and things like that. So um, I do, I really like the improving that it took to get some of these reactions, but I feel like Blair Witch could be made so much better now. I feel like it could be made super creepy without, still without showing Blair Witch. I think it could it could be pretty cool now. And yet the 2016 sequel would beg to differ with you. Uh, I, I'll throw in a movie that is, uh, is very similar. Uh, the plot is, is basically lifted from it. Uh, the director, Bobcat Goldthwaite, has said this is inspired by Blair Witch. And, and I wanted to make this just to see if I could scare people. It's a movie called Willow Creek. And it is essentially the Blair Witch Project that's competent, more competently made, still on a low budget. And it's about Bigfoot. It's uh, it's about a couple out looking for Bigfoot and it just follows them around. It's it's very similarly done to this, only uh, better. (laughs) Uh, So it is uh, I, I, I totally agree that this the bones of this movie are good there's so yeah. much potential here um but it just uh, i feel like the execution of this movie uh it leaves a lot to be desired but it was essentially a student film you know and yeah i think budget stopped them yeah for sure well and and i think there's a little bit of an experience because i'm about to draw the wildest comparison ever in, in a discussion of blair witch project uh but there is somebody named Christopher Guest who does who makes movies that are great, yeah. entirely improv. And uh, what I think the, the difference is between those, obviously, they're very different genres of film. I'm not trying to say uh, Best in Show and Blair Witch Project are one-to-one comparisons. But what I think, why the reason he's able to make those so well and make those work is because when they make a scene... They'll be like, okay, yeah, it's totally improv. You're going to talk about whatever, but make sure that you mention this. And that's also how Curb <laughs> right. Your Enthusiasm is made. Uh, yeah. Is they'll they'll be like, okay, you know, whatever you want to talk about here, but just make sure at some point you mention Larry's pants because that's mm-hmm. like the kind of the through line of yes. the episode. So I, I feel like if they had gone to them and they were like, okay, at this point, you know, you want to make sure you you mention this thing or talk about you know this memory that you guys had together. Totally make it up, improv it entirely. But if there was just a little bit more direction in what they were right. doing. I think that might have given the characters a bit more depth. It might have uh, made them a little bit more interesting while at the same time giving us a little bit more to the story and, and to the to the world that we're in. Because I think it's the the I mean, like I love Christopher Gass. I'm I just like learned his name last year and so I've now consumed all of his films as well and I think, you know, <laughs> Like Phil said, it's like it's a quality here. He's working with quality actors, and they're working with Heather. So, (laughs) um, you know, I think, and they did give them some direction with improv. From what I understand, they said, you know, you know, when you wake up, please, you know, remember you're very angry or you're confused and you're trying to figure out why. And like that was, I think she just took that one direction. Was like for the whole movie, I'm confused, and I'll just use that, but. (laughs) When improv works, when you have the right people, both behind the scenes and in front of the camera, it's magic. And I think, unfortunately, that's where Blair Witch falls for me is that that magic, even if they had redeemed themselves and showed Blair Witch at the end, I could have been more with this movie. Yeah. 
there's only one point that I really remember in watching this where I thought like, no, that was pretty good was, uh, I mean, I, I like the little conversation about what food are you going to eat? That was a, a fun little conversation because that, again, felt a little more character, felt a little bit more real rather than just like, yeah. we're walking through the woods. Uh, but the the part when they come across like the log for the second time, and this is like, <laughs> this is like, I, I want to give props to Heather here because she does a decent job. There's a sound in her voice where it's like, for the first time, you feel the confidence like break a little bit. It doesn't hold up through the rest of the film, but at that point, I was like, that was, you know, you did a decent job of at least making it sound like you're lost. Because you might have, because I know they had to like give the actors radios to make sure they didn't actually get lost at any given time. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, I think um, there's a scene as well. Um, I think it's between Josh and the other guy, and they were actually really pissed off at each other and they just kept filming. Like they got really frustrated that they were lost or they couldn't find something that they needed. And so the the tension that they experience in their little mini argument is genuine. They were really pissed off at each other. And I, I know there's a few times where Heather says like she was genuinely hungry and getting cranky. And so some of that is shows through maybe that's her best acting when she's hungry, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not acting at that point. You just get to the point where you're just actually I'm, hungry. Yeah. yeah. Angry. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat you and uh, then we're going to figure it out from there. Yep. That's how you get the, uh, the, the Blair Witch of the prom with the arm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Well, and again, I, I wondered watching this too, because I, all I had was that memory. I was like, because I guess they found the bundle of sticks that obviously was going to have part of Josh in it. And I'm like, are they going to, are they going to eat him? Are they going to be that hungry? <laughs> I guess one of those pieces was like a part of a tongue. Ugh, gross. Ew. Yeah. 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 That, again, the effects. That was, that was also a fairly effective part. I'll say when she finally discovered that like, oh, it's tied up with his, with his shirt, you know, with she's obviously yeah. she's obviously overacting it a bit. Uh, but then she finds like the body parts into it, and it's like, ooh, ooh, gross. I mean, if you <laughs> there's a there's a lot of effective horror in like the last third of this movie uh, about about the time they you know they find the the twig people hanging in the in the uh, yeah. trees and and. All the weird noises in the woods. It, I think it's, I think it's very effective. Uh, it just, it meanders so long in getting there, and then in just to take for example, like the the twig people scene, like a few shots of those would have <laughs> really been effective. They linger no. on every so single long. one of those oh, things. God. It's like, it's like five minutes. It's like okay, yeah. we got it. You know, like let's yeah. let's. Say. And it almost loses the effectiveness by the time you you leave the the clearing there. It's it's very very oddly paced. Same with the cemetery, right? When they find all the piles of stones, they're like, "Yes, we, we mm-hmm, want to show mm-hmm. you every pile of stone." Every pile of stone. And then you can't you cannot convince me that the pile of stone they find outside of their tent the next morning is not one of the ones we had seen in a previous shot. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. <laughs> like, put these in a ziplock bag and then bring them to the tent. Yeah, oh, I think um, they just put the and, camp right there. just do it. Yeah. yeah, just do it. Um, again, see, I'm ragging on this, but I do really appreciate what it took at the time in 1999 oh, yeah. to 
to make something like this. And I mean, we're here we are 2020, we're still talking about this. And so it obviously had a huge impact. And I don't think they were, you know, they were even prepared for the impact that it was going to have. But it was something that no one had seen or really done before. I know there's like you know, older movies that kind of, but this was like the first real movie that I think took this all the way home. And I wish they hadn't drug it out. But um, yeah, there, there is effort in this movie. I'm not saying that there's not, you know, that they, they dedicated themselves like the actors, you know, would, would go without food or would go without less food to make themselves more hungry. They camped out in the middle of the woods. They, they were out there, you know, they, and they put all this effort into the marketing and sending out those envelopes and creating a website, oh, yeah. creating a phone number. Like there is so much effort behind this movie. It was obviously super effective. It's created a whole genre of films, whatever issues now that we can kind of look at it separated these, you know, what, like 21 years that we can look at it and see like, okay, here's how it's an imperfect film. I don't want that to diminish the effort that they took and in, in what they, what they made with it. I didn't get to the end of this movie and think like, well, that was a pile of crap. Like why did it, it wasn't my favorite horror movie I've ever seen. And maybe in a better context, it would have worked a little bit better for me. Uh, but we're doing that classic thing that all discussion shows and all movie discussions do where we're really going to drill down in on it. <laughs> yeah. More yeah. so than they ever really anticipated anybody ever would. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they they never knew we were going to be talking about they it. They never knew podcasts would be. <laughs> yeah, well, they thought they thought. All right, VHS, we've reached the peak of technology. We can keep this myth going for the rest of our lives. What Boom. internet? What now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did did uh, Natalie? Uh, since you're the big fan, did you see the the sequel that they rushed out after this, or um, or the the more recent one? Have you seen either of those? I saw the sequel. And the, the first sequel? The, the first the 99, sequel. Yeah. yeah. Book of Shadows. And you know what? I After I sat through that as well, <laughs> I was like, you know what? Fool me twice. <laughs> Shame on me. And so when the new one came out, I was like, Mm-mm, I played this game with you guys and I've been burned twice. And so I haven't seen the newest one, but I did see the sequel because, I, like I said, I was such a fangirl for You're this movie. You're holding out hope, yeah. I wanted it to be real. I'm Even looking back now, I'm kind of like mad at little 15-year-old me. Like, you idiot. Like, what were you doing in, in the woods on the weekends with your friends and this like this janky map that you got out of, and so, but it was it was fun you know my friends still talk about that friends that i've known since that time they're still like remember when we went looking for the blair witch i'm like yeah i remember i think that's i think that's awesome. absolutely appropriate behavior for a 15 year old <laughs> that's so i think cool. i think there i think that's worse great things i could have been could have been doing as there well there were a lot of kids out traipsing through the woods around the, for the DC area? Witch. No, because actually, so when I grew up like three hours from DC, and so that's why we needed my sister. We needed a chaperone <laughs> needed a to like come with us to these woods because we needed to drive three hours. So we would spend weekends driving three hours here, three hours back, and going through the woods and like crashing my aunt's basement. And she was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we're, we're ghost hunting. And she was like, that's pretty cool. You guys, whatever you need, you take it from here. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was only a handful. It was like five of us. And I think the realization came on one like one of our excursions where my cousin looks at my friend and he says, what if we're next? 
<laughs> and we were like, oh, we we could we could be next. Oh my god! And it was like a vote. Like, should we keep coming back out here? Or should we just leave this alone? And I think it was decided like, no, we should just leave this alone. We could be next. Now, that pot paranoia kicking in. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> Natalie. You're under you're under podcast oath. I have to know. Do you secretly have a friend that would go with you on those trips who went missing, and now you don't know what happened to him? You don't talk about it anymore. Beyond. Natalie, Natalie, I need your dumb. <laughs> Natalie. Uh, actually, I want to know uh, what. No comment. How did you feel when you found out that they had made up even the idea of the myth for the movie? God damn it! I <laughs> I was so mad. Like I can't even explain it to you. My little fifteen year old rage was just because, like I said, I'm super into paranormal stuff. I think it's fun. Uh, where I grew up, there's a lot of haunted things. Um, there's a lot of Native American mm-hmm. land that has weird things in my town. There's an an a, an inn that's been owned. I think I don't know, By a ghost. like. So many times it's just traded owners. People from DC would come and buy it and weird things would happen and they were moved. So this was like, I felt like, yes, I'm a part of some straight up awesome paranormal stuff that's going to be talked about and maybe we can, we can solve this. And so to, to learn that everything, even the, cause I was like, okay, maybe these kids didn't go missing, but they're still really a Blair Witch. <laughs> and when I found out, no, there's no Blair Witch. They even made that up. I was like, you know what? I'm mad, but I tip my hat to you because you've kept me busy for a summer and I appreciate that. Fair. That's, I think that's a, that's a fair that's cool. feeling. I think it's, it's, it's fun to hear because I would totally be so mad that I'm duped. But I think I'd also have that same thing too, where it's like, I mean, you have all these great memories, it sounds like, with it. And it and it's we fun. Do, and now do. you get to laugh at your your younger self, which is yes. what we're doing all the time anyway. Yeah. This is like a reboot of Stand By Me. Like, you're, <laughs> the summer you spend in the woods <laughs> with your friends looking for... Look- it is. It is. My cousin never lets me forget. Like, any holiday we get together, any birthday, like, he'll, he'll be like, hey, and don't forget when we were looking for the Blair Witch. And I'm like, when, when are you going to let that go? Like, you guys all came with me. You guys, no one had a gun to your head. No one had the Blair Witch on you. You came searching with us and so it it was good times i think it was it was good fun and i know just from looking online we weren't the only people doing things like that of course there were some other people like a journal a local washington dc journalist was really into this story as well and we tried to get in touch with him but we were just kids so he didn't really like want to talk to us but he also was like doing his own digging and so we were constantly trying to see what he had found um, and it was—it was just like it was kind of like an interactive murder mystery thing. Now that I think about it, that journalist got so fired when <laughs> when they realized the whole <laughs> thing was fake. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Is there anything else uh, as we're starting to wrap down here? Is there anything else about the the movie that we haven't brought up that anybody wanted to talk about? I just want wondered. Um... I, I'm a, a big fan of Cloverfield as as uh, nauseating as the camera work <laughs> is in that. And I also really got into the Paranormal Activity series. I know it gets mm-hmm. pretty cheesy the more they try to tie it in, but it really like drew me in for like a, a couple of years. I watched those movies uh, and really liked them. Uh, but I was wondering if you guys have any like uh, favorite found footage movies that, you know, is this was sort of the uh the granddaddy of them all um uh, is there any that anything that anything positive that came out of this uh as far as the genre that you guys really uh still kind of holds up for you guys today 
I I don't know because I feel like for me Blair Witch burned me <laughs> and I was just like mm mm nope. um <laughs> but a good I mean I guess it's kind of it's they don't really do found footage anymore because everything's um doing virtual things so I don't know if you saw Unfriended but I kind of like oh. Unfriended I like the Skype thing that they're doing with movies now for horror movies where you're like watching someone on cam because that feels real it feels like you're in a video chat with them while horror shit is going on and so um unfriended i thought was pretty good it's not totally found footage but it's it is like we're chatting now and so you can see you can see everyone's little house and shit going on behind them so yeah, don't look at any of this. Yeah, <laughs> I I like Cloverfield. I find it nauseating uh, for the fact that T.J. Miller is in it. Um, <laughs> and the, that was a that was a movie too that had a pretty good. You know, obviously they weren't building it up as real, but had a pretty good mythos built up to it. Yeah. I was pretty heavy into that, and that was really fun to go to those websites and look at the clues and try to find the password and all that stuff. Yeah, you knew it was a movie, but you were just kind of trying to go, what is this movie? What yeah. are they What are they pitching us? Yeah. yeah. One it was mo- just enough, just giving you a little exactly. taste to yeah. reel you in. One movie that I liked, and I, I haven't seen it since I saw it the first time, uh, uh, probably like close to a decade ago now, but it was the movie Quarantine, which is the uh, remake of Wreck. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. That was a found footage movie that uh, takes place inside of an apartment building while there's like a strange outbreak. And it's it's pretty effective in the close because it's really close quarters and there's a right. lot of like the the filming with like the the night the infrared or the like that night vision green going on. Um, I think I thought that one was pretty good personally. Feel free to direct all your hate about quarantine uh, to <laughs> Phil Rude. Um, I will yeah, I'll take it. Is that the one with uh, Dexter's sister in it? Yes. Okay. Who is actually Dexter's wife? Dexter's but now wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of very strange uh, yeah. thing going on there. Yeah. yeah, if you're on a show with someone and they're playing a serial killer and you're playing their adopted sister and then you guys fall in love on that mo- on that TV set, get married and then get divorced. And then like, get divorced and keep working on that series yeah. where your characters fall in love. It's Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's weird. Yeah, you guys really are messed strange. up. So Dexter uh, well, went the long way around to dysfunction. So it was... Uh, Sort of similar thing. I mean, not as messed up because they weren't playing adopted siblings, but on uh, Psych, the the male and female lead dated, or maybe, maybe they were married, I can't remember, but they then broke up before the, the show ended, and uh, the show ends with him proposing to her, and I was like, that had oh, to, no. that had to be <laughs> real awkward. That was an awkward day on set. Yeah. yeah. Whoops, we've been through this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, now this is the time of the show where we... We've done all our discussion, but we're going to kind of summarize now. Do we think this is a movie that is worth visiting today? And Natalie, since you brought this to us, does this movie stay in the Hall of Memory, or do you think people should be checking out The Blair Witch Project? I think this is one of those movies that, unfortunately, if you didn't see it at the time, you're not going to have the same sort of effect from it. You can watch it, but what you are used to now is not going to line up with what this is. And so you will leave disappointed. But that's why you should watch it, because all of us left disappointed. So (laughs) you you should watch it, because you will get the same experience. Don't worry. You will be disappointed. I like that. You you got to watch it to be mad that it's fake, because everyone is. (laughs) Because that's part of it. Join us. Phil, what do you think? 
I I wrestled. <laughs> I legitimately wrestled with this because I did not particularly enjoy watching this movie. But there's like a his like a film history significance to this movie where you want to go. Yeah, this is like a this is like a, a moment in time for horror that spawned a whole genre and really inf- was a really influential movie. Um, but when you look back at other other things that did that in horror, like Halloween launching the slasher movie or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or things like that, those are still enjoyable movies to watch. And this just was not like <laughs> I, I mentioned Willow Creek. Uh, the Hellier documentary series. Um, I think that uh, that's an Amazon or a YouTube series. Like these things are like better versions of this movie. I don't think this movie holds up. I think it exists perfectly in nineteen ni- the late 1990s. And it just doesn't come forward that well. It's, it's a choice. It's maybe the best student film that's ever made. <laughs> But it is—it's a student film. It's out of focus. It's—it's it's <laughs> nauseating to watch, and and it just is not a fun experience. I think it's important that it that we know it was 1999, and so we all did think the world was ending. That that's true. Why two K was Two K was super huge. We had neighbors who had a bunker in the ground. So like, this was like this was perfect for when it came out. Like this was everything 1999 needed. I think and didn't know. <laughs> oh, I wish we had more time to explore that sentiment. I hadn't so even. So do I, thought man. Why two K? Oh, I we'll, love that. We'll have we'll make the sequel in in too many years from now, and it'll have too many characters from my brief skimming of the Wikipedia article as. <laughs> The person who was newest to this coming in, uh, I don't feel like I gained a ton by having actually seen the movie now. I think there's so much about it that is interesting. There's so much about the way that it was made. There's so much about the marketing behind it. Everything around this movie is so much more interesting than the movie itself. And I think Natalie's right. If you weren't really into it at the time, watching it now, you're just like... Legitimately, watching it now, you're going to have a totally different idea in your head of what this movie is, and you might walk away going, that's it? That's that's the Blair Witch Project? That's the thing that people freaked out about in 1999? Because we're so far removed now from the hype. I think academically, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff about this movie that you can learn through the making of stuff that's out there, through Wikipedia, through all the, the archived, collected stuff of, of what was made. I think watching the actual thing itself I'm not mad that I've seen this movie now, but I could have gone the rest of my life without having seen it, and really nothing would be different. I don't, I don't feel changed by the experience. So, I, w- I think we're all kind of in agreement here that uh, the the movie itself is the lesser part of the Blair Witch experience, and if you're really interested in it, just go relive relive the hype of the movie if you're nostalgic for it or if you've never seen it just research it it is pretty cool how it all got put together that can i say this i'm sorry natalie go ahead i was just gonna say you you started off with your brother's director's cut so exactly yeah i've seen this you may have seen a better version of it (laughs) no this was already ruined for you (laughs) yeah i i just wanted to say i'm glad that uh this was your pick natalie because i'm as as much as I didn't enjoy watching the movie, it's been fun to sit here and sort of like 
I this is a nostalgia show, and I just enjoyed getting nostalgic about the weird marketing around around mm-hmm. this movie. It, it was really fun to revisit it. So uh, thanks for thanks for bringing it to the table. I, I really enjoyed participating in this one. Thank you guys for entertaining me, David. I've never known anyone who hasn't seen it yet. So thank you for sitting through this massive disappointment for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't want to use. I don't want to use because I I had no I expectations know. going in, and I came out feeling the same way i did before i went into it it was like no change no change (laughs) my Uh, brother's was better yeah i mean it really was uh but maybe it's because i knew the star of the film you know that always puts a lens on things that colors it yeah we want to know listening audience your experiences with blair witch project did you buy into the hype did you go see this did was it all crazy to you were you disappointed when it wasn't real or did you? were you one of those smart people who knew from the beginning and want to feel superior? Well, tell us about it. You can find out all the ways to contact us. Hitmeonemoretime.com. I almost said heckyeahcomics.com. This is not that <laughs> podcast. I don't do that one anymore. Uh, hit me one, hitmeonemoretime.com. You'll find email and all our socials to talk to us there. Natalie, I want to thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. My cheeks hurt from laughing, so thank you guys. <laughs> Where can people find you if you wish to be found? Well, I don't want my friend who got lost in the woods with us to be I found, but if you want to find me, I am on Instagram at Stoned in Social, like rock and roll, but Stoned in Social. And uh, that's our little place on the web where we like to see and hang out with people. So send us pics, talk to us, chat. Send us memes. We love the memes. All the memes. You should do it. Send all the Blair Witch memes their way. (laughs) Phil, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Promote your show with your son. Dang it. I do a show with my aforementioned son, Austin. We do it. It's called The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude, where we watch movies and talk about them. And, you know, perspective over 25-year uh, age difference sometimes he's introducing me to a movie i'm introducing to him it's uh it's a good time and uh you can find me on instagram at pow blam shazam underscore art uh please <laughs> please check me out there uh and, and yell it please uh direct message me there and yell at me about the lack of art on my on my uh instagram handle. nick is going to be thrilled when he listens to this episode uh and I was going to mention, since we we didn't have the chance to mention you, Phil, uh, we had to mention Austin. So, you know, we still have to mention a rude on the show in, in some yeah, way. Yeah, you got to bring in an outside rude. Exactly. <laughs> if people want to find out what I'm up to, you can find me on the internet under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. Listening audience, thank you for taking a chance, for being a part of this. We do this show because you, because of you. We do this show for you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!